When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penguins to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and I want to wish everybody out there a happy Memorial Day if you have the day off. I hope you enjoy your time off, enjoy your time hopefully in the sun where you're at. If you're working like I am today, then hey, we stay on the grind, folks. And today, I'm going to stay on the grind by continuing and almost finishing my 2022-23 Pittsburgh Penguins player reviews. We've been doing two players per episode. We have two more defensemen to do today two goaltenders to do Wednesday, and then we wrap it up. This episode, I'm going to talk about P.O. Joseph and Jan Ruda, the de facto third pairing for the Pittsburgh Penguins before everything got put into a blender late in the season. Adding Dmitry Kulikov tends to do that. But let's start with Jan Ruda. Three goals, which was good for 15th on the Penguins. Six assists, which was good for tied for 15th. Nine points had him at 17th, but similar to Marcus Pedersen, said it last week when I talked about him, Jan Ruda is not really employed to score points. Like That's not what you need him to do. The underlying numbers were not pretty for Jan Ruda in his first season in Pittsburgh. 48% of the shot attempts at 5-on-5, five five, which was 19th on the Penguins. 50% of the expected goals, which was also 19th and 48% of the scoring chances, which was good for 20th. All of those marks the lowest among all Penguins defensemen to play at least 200 minutes for this team at 5-on-5. So he was their worst defenseman throughout the season, according to those numbers. But the one thing I will caution you against is just looking at that and taking him at face value. The other thing that I looked at That doesn't absolve him from that because the numbers still aren't great, but he did lead all defenders on the Penguins in defensive zone start percentage. So he was put in position to not fail, but he was not put in positions to succeed as much as everybody else on this list. So yes, his numbers aren't great, but he is really what I would call the garbage man of the defense core. He is fed all of the stuff and the shifts that people don't want, right? 
Oh, this is a bad situation. Defensive zone faceoff. Let's put Jan Ruda out there. More than not, he's starting with his heels basically on the goal line. Like I said, it doesn't absolve him from his performance, but it explains why his numbers are skewed much lower than the rest of the defense core. He also had a really frustrating end to his first season with the Penguins. I mean, he missed one month on two separate occasions in the back half of the season due to an injury. He went from mid-January to late February without playing a game, and then he went from, I believe, early March the whole way into early April without playing a game. And the more frustrating part of that is the second time he was injured, he had to wait to return because of cap uh, inflexibility. That's on Ron Hextall. Hopefully that problem is amended with a new general manager. Early on, I liked what I saw from Jan Ruda. I liked what he brought to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Even when they signed him, I thought, okay, it seems a bit excessive. I like Chad Ruweedle. I like Mark Friedman. And I didn't think you needed to sign a guy like Jan Ruda to a multi-year contract over $3 million. I believe it's $2.75, actually. But over $2.5 million. Didn't think it was necessary. But I liked what he brought early in the season. He was solid in his own zone. And he was a really good stabilizer next to P.O. Joseph, who we'll talk about a little bit later, who entered his first full season as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins at the NHL level. But as the season went on, those solid numbers really started to dip, and you saw his performance started to dip, and it might have been wear and tear from being put in those positions, but at the end of the day, he just couldn't hold up through the entirety of the season. And you're paying him to be a player that's able to hold up throughout the season as a defensive stalwart on your blue line. He just, he wasn't that, right? I said he played the role of the garbage man for this defense. And that'll wear any defenseman down. It really will. The Penguins, in my opinion, probably could have gotten away with having Ruedel or Friedman in that spot all season long. And they would have seen similar results for a cheaper price. So while I don't hate Jan Ruda, I don't think he is awful. I do think that he had a pretty bad season all in all. I just don't think that acquisition was necessary. I think you needed help in other areas when you had 11 NHL defensemen by the end of the season. It was gross mismanagement. We all know it was gross mismanagement by Ron Hextall. And while Ruda had his moments, while Ruda brings something to the table that a lot of defensemen on this team don't bring, I do think the Penguins could have gotten away with and probably could get away with trading him this offseason and going into next year with one of Mark Friedman or Chad Ruweedle in that spot, or even a Ty Smith, who you traded John Marino for and got to start getting some results out of. But let's move over and talk about the rookie, P.O. Joseph. I got to watch what I'm saying here because we're talking about a gold medalist now. P.O. Joseph and Team Canada, congratulations to him. He wins gold medal at the World Championships. United States, Casey DeSmith, didn't even medal. You know, we were talking about how great Casey was playing, Drew O'Connor, Nick Bonino being part of that team, undefeated through the group stage. Then they lose to Germany in the semifinals. Then they lose to Latvia in the bronze medal game. Not what you want to see. But, I mean, good for Latvia, I guess. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. But regardless, P.O. Joseph, world champion right now, gold medalist right now. I got to watch what I'm saying. Finished the season with five goals, tied for 12th. 15 assists, tied for 11th on the Penguins. 21 points, which was 13th on the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's a defenseman. That's about where I expected him to finish the season, not going to lie. Because he's not going to catch the top six. He's not going to catch Chris Letang. Probably not Jeff Petrie, because Petrie plays much more on the first power play unit, second power play unit, than P.O. Joseph. So, about where I thought P.O. Joseph was going to finish when it came to just counting stats. Underlying stats, though, 53.41% of the shot attempts at 5-on-5. Good for 7th on the Pittsburgh Penguins. 52.66% of the expected goals for at 5-on-5. That was 17th. That was an area that he lacked in. I think part of that is because even when he was on the ice, and yes, sometimes a lot of possession, shot attempts, not a lot of potent opportunities coming off of the stick of P.O. Joseph. He showed on a couple of occasions some really good vision, nice passing ability, but he's not a guy that's going to go out there and create offense every single time he's on the ice. And even when he does, it's not going to be high potency, high opportunity scoring chances. So I understand why that kind of took a dip there at 52.66%. Also because, I mean, P.O. Joseph was played in so many different roles throughout the season. He was a top pair defenseman with Chris Letang at points. He was a second pair defenseman with Jeff Petrie at points, which I don't think that really worked. That pairing didn't really work to me. He was with Jan Ruda, and I thought those two together played very well. He was also with Chad Ruedel a lot, and that pairing struggled a good bit, especially in their own net front, and that's, I think, the biggest area of concern with P.O. Joseph. I'd like to see him fill out a little bit more this offseason so he can get down in that net front and be a little bit more of a force in that net front. He's never going to be a bully down there, right? He just doesn't have the frame for it. He's never going to be a bully down there. But if he's able to build a little bit, become a little bit more of a pain there, get better at tying up sticks, get better at clearing the puck out of that net front, and then you can really see a jump from P.O. Joseph in in year one to year two. And I'm going to consider 2022-23 year one for him because it was really his first chance at being an everyday NHLer. And while I thought he had, all in all, a good rookie season, and he showed signs of potentially, in my eyes, being a top four guy on this roster in the defensive side. Like I, I think he could be a second-pairing guy. At best, 
he might, in my eyes, he didn't close the door on this possibility. He might end up being a first-pairing guy if he continues to progress to the height of what his current potential shows, right? It's not a given that he's going to be a first-pairing guy. It's not a given that he's going to be a second-pairing guy. But the potential has shown that his ceiling could go as high as that, in my eyes, in the future. But he definitely hit a rookie wall this year, right? You could tell there were times where the consistent speed of the game just started to catch up with him. And he was falling behind. Because there were times where he said, okay, P.O. Joseph, look how fast he looks right now. Look how confident he is with the puck right now. There were times that you said that, and then there were times where you said, oof. P.O. Joseph looks every bit as much of a rookie as he is. Right? And that's the rookie wall. Every rookie, or at least mostly every rookie, runs into the rookie wall at some point. Never before in their lives have they played 82 games against that high of competition just in one season. So it's expected to a point, right? If you avoid it, that's great. But everybody's going to hit that rookie wall at one point. I He did. I thought there were times where it looked like he bounced back, which is a good sign. But we really have to see next season how he's able to pace himself throughout the year and try to not hit that wall again. Because as a rookie, you get that excuse. As a sophomore in the NHL, it just starts to become a trend. Right? So we'll see what happens next season with that. But he, he sef- definitely suffered a rookie dip in performance at one point this season. But the other thing I will say is, and, and there's a lot that's been discussed about Mike Sullivan at the end of this season and the way that he deployed certain lines, the way that he set up his lines, the way that he just coached in general. But Mike Sullivan and Todd Reardon, for that matter, who's in charge of the defense, really tried their best to protect P.O. Joseph as much as you justifyingly can in that situation, right? Because at the end of the day, it's the NHL. You sink or swim on your own volition, right? You cannot protect anybody for 82 games. But I thought that Mike Sullivan and the coaching staff propped up POJ pretty well this year. I mean, you look at his offensive zone starts. 55.39% of his shifts started in the offensive zone. This is not a guy that's going to go out there and put up bulk numbers like I mentioned before. That was second on the Pittsburgh Penguins behind only Chris Letang. So yes, you expect Letang to go out there because of, well, his ability to create offense. You want him out there in the offensive zone. Jeff Petrie, somebody else that you would expect to be out there in the offensive zone. Ty Smith, when he gets up to the NHL level, that's somebody you would expect to start a lot in the offensive zone because he has the potential to score goals when he gets time in the O zone. P.O. Joseph is kind of teetering on the middle there. But you certainly wouldn't expect him to have over 55% of his starts in the offensive zone. That's what I mean when I say it seems like the coaching staff propped him up a little bit. And good on them because they put him in a position to succeed. And that's exactly what the Pittsburgh Penguins needed going into the season because they don't have a lot of young talent. So you don't want to throw your young talent to the Wolves. The ones that you do actually have... You can't burn through them. You can't have them bust. Every prospect at this stage of the game needs to be a hit because 
you don't have the volume to be missing on these prospects, to be improperly utilizing these prospects. So I think, not to say that he was handled with kid gloves, but I think POJ was propped up a little bit by the coaching staff this year. I'd like to see them take the training wheels off next season. I'd like to see him get a little bit more defensive responsibility, but I'd also like to see him not playing with Chad Ruweedle. I don't know who the right partner would be for him. I also don't think Ty Smith would be right for him. If Ruda is still around, the Ruda-Joseph pairing is something I'd like to see next year. Maybe see him get a little bit more time with Chris Letang, but I don't think he's quite ready for that on a consistent basis. I don't know. It's an interesting interesting thing to see because unless P.O. Joseph can turn himself into a defensive defenseman with a little bit of offensive tendencies similar to, I don't know, what we saw from John Marino, then it's going to be weird and difficult to kind of put him with somebody to succeed. And I brought up John Marino. People have some pretty negative thoughts on P.O. Joseph after his first season. And a lot of the people that I see bashing Joseph are the same people that I saw in 2019-20 praising John Marino and basically giving him the title of Chris Letang's successor. Because that was what some of the talk was after John Marino's rookie season. Yes, it was more unexpected than P.O. Joseph because Marino was just picked up, right? Basically a stolen draft pick, right? Whereas P.O. Joseph was acquired in a trade for a fan favorite and one of the stars of the Stanley Cup teams in Phil Kessel. There was always going to be higher expectations on P.O. Joseph than there was on John Marino. But when you look at the numbers, in 2019-20, John Marino's underlying stats, 50% of the shot attempts, not as good as P.O. Joseph, 54% of the expected goals, about 2% better than P.O. Joseph, 51% of the scoring chances, not as good as P.O. Joseph, and Joseph played over 100 more minutes of time on ice in those sample sizes. So, while John Marino is praised, P.O. Joseph is bashed. I don't get that. I think Joseph had a good rookie season. He encapsulated that and capped it off with a nice gold medal. That'll give him something to cheer for, something to celebrate in the summertime. But the only, I mean, main difference, very similar rookie seasons between Marino and Joseph, the only key difference is John Marino played much more time on the penalty kill than P.O. Joseph. I think Joseph finished with just over 14 or 15 minutes of penalty kill time this season. John Marino had over 100 minutes. He was a good penalty killer. Joseph, not so much. So that's what Marino has in spades over P.O. Joseph. But other than that, at 5-on-5, very, very similar. Especially their impacts were just, they were very, very even. So I don't understand why the thought process is so skewed towards what John Marino was able to do three years ago. Regardless, it's going to be an interesting offseason. P.O. Joseph, it's going to be fun to see where he lands in training camp, where they try to play him, who they try to play him with. And Jan Ruda, one of my chief trade picks, honestly. I don't know what word I was going for there. He's on the trade block. If I'm the general manager, Jan Ruda's on the trade block. That contract, at his age, the impacts that he showed in his first season, 
if you can find a suitor, if you can find a trade partner, I would trade Jan Ruda. P.O. Joseph, that becomes interesting. Young player, young defender. Not expensive. I just don't know where you put him, and I don't know who you put him with. But I still think that he's a valuable piece to this blue line. That's going to do it for this episode of Penguins to Go. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube by searching Inside the Penguins, or you can get us anywhere you find your podcast. Just search Tip of the Iceberg. That's I-C-E-B-U-R-G-H, Tip of the Iceberg, and you'll see all episodes of Penguins to Go, as well as the Tip of the Iceberg podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays, even during the offseason. But that's going to do it for this one. We'll see you guys next time.